What's up, everything? We are 29 days from the start of the season. That's right, 29 Eve Belanger, Gord McTavish, Steve Ott, and Vince Dunn days from the start of the regular season, and we've still got two divisions to discuss. Tonight, we'll cover the Pacific Division like the Vegas Golden Knights cover the spread. We'll also discuss some of the local news, including the Icebreaker event, Martin Brodeur's departure, Bill Armstrong's promotion, and plenty else. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Thursday, September 6th. We are coming to you from the Frank Lita Automotive Outlet in Bridgeton. Mm. Do you know anything about the Frank Lita Automotive Outlet, Ian, or their Um, sales practices? I know it's a crime (laughs) to pay more than a dime. That's true, and it's a crime to listen to those commercials. (laughs) Uh, So lock me up. Because I've heard them a lot, and also I want to be removed from their presence. So it's a double whammy. Mm. Uh, sorry for implanting you all with that mind nugget while we prefer while we start this podcast and while I learn how to speak. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to cover today. Uh, tonight, uh, you are feeling a little bit under the weather. I have sepsis. <laughs> You've been sitting on that one, haven't you? It's (laughs) untreated. I nearly choked to death on the drive into work today and have had a tickle in my throat ever since. So as you can probably guess, we're 100%. On top of everything (laughs) else, it's 9 o'clock when we're starting, and you have work in the morning while feeling sick. I will be leaving for Traverse City in six hours, meaning that every second that we talk is a second of sleep that I will lose because I cannot sleep in a car. So we're... Starting out great. <laughs> we all learned something today. But we're devoted to you, our beloved, beloved, beloved servants. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's show, which is now over. So, <laughs> let's start with uh, some of the big league news in terms of the level of controversy that it uh, has created Um, which is namely the suspension of Nate Schmidt. For those of you that haven't heard, Nate Schmidt of the Vegas uh, Golden Knights, as some people insist on calling them, mostly Canadians because they're weird. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been suspended for 20 games for violating the league's uh, PED policy, performance-enhancing drug policy. I had to spell that out because none of our listeners know what PED stands for. Mm. Um, And this has brought a lot of questions about the NHL's entire PED program, uh, which we will discuss and cast judgment upon, as is our position as professional podcasters. Uh, So I read the NHL statement, anytime something like this comes up, I go too deep into it, so forgive me, but I read the NHL statement on, uh, or their policy on PED, PED testing and pulled out some of the gems. 
Uh, they say, per the agreement, every NHL player will be subject to up to two no-notice tests every year, with at least one such test to be conducted on a team-wide basis. For the first positive test, a 20-game suspension without pay and mandatory referral to the League Substance Abuse slash Behavioral Health Program for evaluation, education, and possible treatment. The scope of the new PE performance enhancing substances program excuse me i almost said ped will be limited to performance enhancing substances all other forms of quote substance abuse quote closed and behavioral and domestic issues involving players requiring employee assistance will continue to be handled through the nhl slash nhlpa program for substance abuse and behavioral health that was established in 96 i don't know why i included that in in there, but it seemed relevant last night. Uh, <laughs> the program will employ a strict liability standard for test positives at the level established by the program committee. A player will, however, have the right to appeal a positive test result to the impartial arbitrator with such appeal to be heard on an expedited basis. And then this is kind of the critical um, bit, I think, as far as this uh, whole exchange goes. Test results will be kept confidential to the extent practicable. There will be no public announcement of any kind until the appeal process has been exhausted and the final disciplinary determination has been imposed. Uh, So basically, the way the program works is that all of these tests are done and all of the appeals are gone through before any announcement is made. Uh, Now, the, the, the... positive of that is it's not a situation like you get with, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, and he wasn't PEDs, but a player in the NFL who these things are announced and then you have an entire season lost of will they accept their suspension or will they continue to fight it yeah. and how's that whole drama going down. It's a much cleaner process from that perspective, but it's also a much less transparent process. Uh, Nate Schmidtless uh, wrote a statement, and because of the detail of it, I'm going to just read it, even though it's it's a little wordy, but I'll try to skim parts that are uh, not necessarily. He says, I am extremely disappointed to learn that I have been suspended for a violation of the NHL-NHLPA Performance Enhancing Substances Program. The fact that I'm issuing this statement is surreal to me, as I have only used supplements provided by my NHL team, and I have always been extremely careful about what I put into my body. Uh, I've done numerous tests throughout my career, including twice last season, and I've never before tested positive. Uh, not only did I not intentionally take a banned substance, I could not have received any performing en- performance enhancement benefit from the trace amount that inadvertently got into my system at a level that was far too small to have any effect. This low amount was consistent with environmental contamination that I could not possibly have prevented. One of the experts in environmental contamination who testified on my behalf at the appeal hearing described the amount of the substance found in my system, seven billionths of a milligram, as the equivalent of a pinch of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Another expert analyzed a sample of my hair and concluded there was no evidence of intentional use. The Vegas Golden Knights tracked player strength and performance metrics, and my results have remained constant over the past year. Well, why aren't you getting stronger, Nate? <laughs> That's just bad 
yeah. work ethic. No. I don't think you're really improving <laughs> as a player anymore. Uh, while I support having a strong PED program in place for our sport, it is difficult to accept the suspension. I understand that I will miss these games, but I do not agree with the suspension, and I will not accept being labeled a cheater. I have worked my whole life to become an NHL player, and I'm extremely proud to be a player in the NHL. I have never cut quarters in order to achieve this goal. I am grateful for the support of the entire Golden Knights organization, and I can't put into words how disappointed I am that I will not be on the ice at the beginning of the season to help my teammates work towards another Stanley Cup run. I will make no further comment on this matter at this time. Um, So, as you can tell, pretty... Strong words from Nate Schmidt. Uh, You have any comments you want to say now before I say more words? (laughs) I had not read the statement, and actually, with how strongly worded it is, I tend to kind of be on his side or believe him a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like a real quick, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. I've never taken anything before my life, end of statement. I mean, he had like scientific evidence between two different professionals that tested what his hair and urine or something along mm-hmm. those lines it's like i commend him for getting that done i don't know if he as an individual decided to do that or maybe his lawyer or his agent or somebody but whoever's in nate schmidt's camp doing that sort of advocacy for him i think did like a really bang up job yeah and like you kind of alluded to it's it's far i mean sadly we all know what the i'm denying that i did this but i actually did this yeah. PED statement sounds like from uh major sports all across the major sports i'm not here to talk about the past exactly but this is very different from that sort of statement Mm -hmm. and the knights even came out and said pretty strongly uh we firmly believe that the presence of a trace amount of the banned substance was accidental and unintentional based on our conversations with nate analysis from independent medical experts and sworn testimony from the parties involved we believe it is clear nate was not able to reasonably ascertain how the substance entered his body nate is an honest person with high moral character and great integrity that's why he goes by nate because that's a very trustworthy name. Uh, they didn't say that. I was like, I was didn't. that in the end? <laughs> <laughs> we will stand by him and support him during this time. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then the last thing I read was just a, a, a kind of op-ed from the Las Vegas Review Journal, which obviously is going to be biased in this matter, so knowing that at the start. Uh, they said, when a player like Schmidt so adamantly proclaims his innocence and his team so adamantly supports it, the idea that a league and its players association have agreed that the names of substances causing failed tests aren't to be released only heighten- heightens the folly of it all. This is what you have. The only impartial person with all the evidence ruled against Schmidt, and unless we know what the arbitrator does, how can anyone rightly play the role of public arbitrator? And then their final kind of uh, pithy, if you will, statement (laughs) on the whole matter says, This is a league that doesn't test on game days. Joke. Administers up to two no-notice tests annually with one conducted on a team-wide basis. Joke. Has a mandatory maximum of 60 off-season tests in a league of 700-plus players, which is ridiculous, and Mm -hmm. which they label big joke. And that, in a period between 2005 to 2017, suspended only five players for PED use. Even bigger joke. 
so yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of interesting that they've suspended five players in 12 years or 15 years, whatever they just said, five players in 12 years uh, for PED use. And now Nate Schmidt is one of them, despite his claims that he ought not to be. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this whole matter? I know I, you've said a little bit already, mm-hmm. but what do you think about the whole situation? I mean, like I said, I tend to believe Nate Schmidt, but to a greater extent, I think it's kind of silly that he gets 20 games. Mm-hmm. Um, if you test positive for a performance-enhancing drug, I think you should get some amount of time for suspension. I'm not going to go on and say, like, you weigh it for the amount that's found in them and all that jazz. I just think you should get some amount of time. They can figure that out amongst themselves. They've decided 20 games seems to be, what, that's the first strike? Mm -hmm. I think it's 20, 60, and then lifetime. Lifetime, okay. So, and I'm I'm fine with this sort of, like, three strikes and you're out deal. But this is a trace amount of a substance found in his bloodstream. He he supposedly, like you said, claims (laughs) that... It wasn't intentional, and he gets 20 games. Yeah. You have Tommy Wingles on all fours on the ice, and Nazim Kadri decides, I think I'll just knee him in the head Again. in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> another time. Mm-hmm. And Kadri gets three games. In the playoffs, which I'll say by playoff standards is quite a few games. I'm surprised they gave him that many. Mm-hmm. And that's like an intentional shot to someone's head, and he got three games. This guy may or may not have taken a very small amount of a drug, and he gets 20 games. Mm -hmm. And I read the argument, and it blew my mind that they were like, well, and I'm hoping this was like in jest. I can't tell. It was on the internet. (laughs) Um, That like, well, you know, if you're taking a performance-hancing drug, you're going to be a little faster, you're going to be a little stronger. You might end up hurting someone. And I was like, you mean like the people that are giving each other concussions now? Yeah. And you suspend them for less. I don't want to necessarily make it like a concussion conversation, but if you're not going to give people a lot for like the biggest problem, a lot of games suspended for the biggest problem in your league, Mm -hmm. why are you giving people like 20 games for this? Yeah. It's easy to kind of from a long distance away go, well, it's Nate Schmidt, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, they'll get over it. It's no big deal to them. But, like, if Alex Petrangelo just randomly just had a little bit of whatever in his bloodstream and he's out for 20 games, that's a big deal. Right. Yeah, and I've always thought along those same lines, I've always thought it's kind of idiotic that there are these standardized punishments for PEDs because Mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, I get you want to have a standard, and especially for the players' associations, there needs to be consistency Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to fight each one of these individually. But the idea that, you know, I don't know what the substance was with Schmidt or even if it is banned, but, like, maybe he has three drops more ginseng than is allowable (laughs) in his system versus a guy could have, like, a gallon of synthetic bull testosterone in his bloodstream and it's both a 20 game suspension like Mm -hmm. that alone to me is ridiculous and then the point you brought up which is even more critical because i think that's sort of unique in the nhl i mean it's not obviously there's stuff in every sport but like the worst thing you get in baseball is like the occasional fist fight which you know for the most part and i know st louis fans will think about johnny cueto and jason larue and how that ended his career but for the most part those you know fisticuffs in game and baseball are pretty tame Mm -hmm. um 
you know, there may be some scrapes or some black eyes or some bruises, but rarely is there any serious injury in Mm. any of those. You know, football on the other end of the spectrum is a game that's by its very nature extremely violent and dangerous, and they want to go above and beyond to, to punish plays that are intentionally so, but sometimes that's kind of hard to parse out, you know, and and that's a situation where a PED, you know, not that that's a good argument ever, but a PED in that situation could actually make you more dangerous in the field of play, because if you're 20 pounds heavier than somebody and run, you know, 20% faster than them and mm-hmm. then hit them, you know, that's going to be a different thing. And then basketball, who even knows? I don't know enough about basketball to comment. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like you said, NHL is the only game really where people from time to time just get the red mist and try to murder someone else on the ice. And it happens regularly enough that it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And there's no system systemized system of punishment for that there's no standard for what is or isn't you know i mean they try to make a standard they put out the videos they try all that but there's no real way of saying nazim Kadri deserves three games for literally trying to kill someone you know not literally not in the todd bortuzzi sense of, <laughs> of literally todd bortuzzi excuse me uh but you know um yeah, I mean, I I agree with your point. That was a long-winded way of saying <laughs> I very much agree that this is kind of a, a ridiculous double standard when you look at plays like the Kadri play, or even, I mean, to a lesser extent, even the Marshan stuff, mm-hmm. where it's just like, what are you doing, you know? And like, you know, it, it's not funny necessarily, but God forbid, you know, Brad Marchand has a bloodborne disease that he's <laughs> yeah. giving to somebody else by licking him on the ice, and and that's unlikely. And I'm sure he knows his his health situation, and and the team knows. But you know, I mean, that's a dangerous in yeah. its, in its own right. That's the kind of dark stuff Brad Marchand's into. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I'm generally in PED cases, my uh, default assumption is always, hey, you need to know what you're taking. You're yeah, a professional athlete. You're paid a ton of money. It's your job to monitor what does and doesn't enter uh, your system. But in this particular case, he's so adamant in his refutal, and there's so much suspicion about the NHL generally, and apparently this policy in particular, and it is. I mean, you don't really think about it, but then they point out that there have been five suspensions in 12 years, and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, we never do talk about this. And so it's just kind of interesting to think about how um, all of that plays together. But regardless, Nate Schmidt will miss uh, 20 games, um, and we'll talk more about what maybe that means for the Golden Knights in a little bit when we discuss the Pacific division but we will (laughs) move on for now um speaking of just a few other league news items troy brower signed a one-year eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract with the florida panthers uh as most of you probably know he was bought out by the flames about a month ago after failing magnificently in two years on a very hefty uh contract um he had six goals and 16, point, 16 assists last year in 76 games, and Oof. Calgary was very happy to get out of him to the point that their paper fi- fi- featured him. Good Lord, we, we're 
this is going to be a train wreck tonight, <laughs> featured him prominently with some very rude get out of town sort of headline. Uh, so he gets a chance to kind of redeem himself in Florida, and that's kind of a good landing spot for him. It's out yeah. of the spotlight. He gets to play with such uh, league <laughs> luminaries as Mike Hoffman. Um, or Great. Not Mike, yes, Mike Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I get him and the one that ended up in Nashville, Calaterras, mixed up. But um, yeah, so good for him. Uh, Noah Hannafin, speaking of the Flames, signed a six-year, $4.95 million contract with them. Uh, he was traded along with Elias Lindholm for Dougie Hamilton, Michael Furland, and Adam Fox last uh, at the draft, right? It was second day yep. of the draft this summer. Uh, 10 goals, 22 assists last nine, last year, 79 games played, only 21 penalty minutes uh, thought of as kind of a bright, young, rising defenseman type. To get him under five is a pretty good price, I mm-hmm. think. Um, you know, especially for six years when you're doubtlessly buying out a UFA year or two, so that's a good deal for them. Yeah, he's super young. He's only played in the league three years. You hope that you're kind of getting him at a discount because he'll just improve over the next three, four, five years. But I could see him doing well up there. I still think I prefer Dougie Hamilton. Probably, yeah. But he's a locker room cancer, as has been well established, mm-hmm. and can be questioned by no one. He's awful. Nor would they ever want to. Um, The one that's a little bit closer to home and to me is a little bit more shocking uh, is the the extension Captain Blake Wheeler signed with the Winnipeg Jets. Five years, $8.25 million for a player that uh, just turned 32 years old. Um, <clears throat> which means he'll be 38 when it finishes, right? Because he mm-hmm. has a year left on his current deal. Yep. Um, so he did have a breakout year this year with 23 goals and 68 assists uh, in 81 games played. I'm not great at math, but I believe that's 91 points in 81 games, which is obviously a phenomenal year. Um, but his previous high before that was 78 and 74 and 69, all great seasons. Um whether they're $8.25 million seasons, I don't know, especially when so so few of them are goals. Um, he just turned 20 th- 32, uh, and one NBC headline re- read, and I like this, Jets locked up underrated star Blake Wheeler for five more years. But my question is, if he's getting paid $8.25 million, he's not underrated anymore. Or at mm. least he they can't afford for him to be. He needs to start grabbing <laughs> some headlines. True. Uh, so what do you think about this deal for the Jets? I think... J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's fine for this year and maybe next year. And even then, I think it's just fine because I don't think... This year when it isn't in place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So (laughs) I think it's good for one year of this new contract (laughs) in two years. Uh Uh-huh. Because I'm sure he can still be like a 70-point player. I think 91's going to be a stretch. But I also wonder, like, I know the cap's going up, but what's their cap space look like? They haven't set up line A Four guys like line A... Coming down Ehlers. the Ehlers, I think they signed they recently, already? but they okay. just gave that huge deal to Hellebuck. Um, they got that Kyle Connor kid. Kyle Connor, if he pans out. Well, I mean, he's pretty good. I'm not mm-hmm. like if he pans out. Uh, defense that they still don't really have any up, mm-hmm. any of. 
Yeah, there's I mean, maybe they got the space. Maybe, you know, they got people coming off the books, but it just seems like a lot for a guy. I don't think they do, honestly. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> it's a lot for a guy that's 32. He's. This seems like what he should have been getting paid before, the, you know, in his current contract, which is mm-hmm. like, what, in the $5 million, which is like a steal. So I guess this is where you're paying the piper to keep a guy around like that. And he's your captain, right? So, I mean, I think you, it's a locker room thing. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's a great locker room player, just a great leader. It just seems kind of steep. He didn't sign for eight years, so that's something new and refreshing because we've been seeing a lot of those this offseason. Yeah. I'd be fine as a Jets fan. I think if you think about it as your window is open now mm-hmm. and he'll be there and contributing pretty heavily to that window for the next two to three years, you're like, okay, this is the price we're going to have to pay. Yeah. I don't know what the actual dollars fall away as, you know, mm-hmm. as the uh, contract goes on. So maybe they can move them towards the end of it to a team like, you know, Arizona or oh, Carolina yeah, that maybe. has to meet the cap floor. So we'll see, but I'd be all right with it, I guess. To me, this is kind of the, where the rubber meets the road on kind of the sentimentality of having a captain. It's a move the Blues avoided when they didn't re-sign David Backus. And well that done. is greatly to their credit in hindsight. Um, part of, You always wonder, anytime there's a deal with Winnipeg now, especially in light of Stasny not staying there when they tried so hard to keep him, you kind of have to answer that elephant of the room of whether players really don't want to play in Winnipeg, which mm-hmm. is always kind of a rumor. Um but, uh, yeah, it, it just seems like too much for a guy that's 32. Um, it's not the end of the world. He's a great player. I really l- liked Blake Wheeler and agreed that he was underrated before he signed this deal. Um, but now in, in the aftermath of it, I'm a little suspicious of what it means long term. I, I think the other big question that it asks uh, of the rest of the league is what does this deal mean for Tyler Sagan, who is a much better player and a much younger player uh, <laughs> than Blake Wheeler? I think it's going to have... I, you could argue one of two things. You can argue it has no impact because they're just totally different kinds of players and yeah. Sagan's in that Tavares category. But in the aftermath of Tavares' signing, um, this is a very different kind of deal for an older player. And Sagan can look at that and say, if he's worth that much, uh, think imagine how much I'm worth. So do you think this affects that? Or do you think it's you know, kind of whatever as far as Sagan goes um I don't think it affects it too much there were was news I guess out of some sort of like training camp this week that Sagan kind of made light that he or brought light to the fact that he was a a little disappointed that Dallas hadn't reached out to him quite yet for about a contract extension Mm -hmm. because this is his last season on his contract down in Dallas um and I know that I guess if he's trying to get it out to the press and to the public just because he wanted to get things moving along, I'm a little surprised that he wants to do that, kind of. I mean, he must enjoy Dallas, which is nice. But I would think, hey, maybe you play out this season, see how well you do. If not, you know, what if you do better than John Tavares in Toronto? I mm-hmm. might doubt a little bit, but if you do, you can point to that $11 million a year for eight years and for seven years and be like, I want that and more because mm-hmm. I just played a season better than John Tavares. And yeah. it's always about what have you done for me lately? So I think the to answer your question, I think the John Tavares contract affects him more than the Blake Wheeler one. But I do think, I guess, in a way, Blake Wheeler kind of sets 
a soft floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think Tyler Sagan was going to be making $8 million anyways a year. Like, that'd be kind of low for him mm-hmm. in today's day and age with contracts. But I think he can for sure be like, well, I got to at least make Blake Wheeler money. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like such a low ball now. I need to make as much as that schmuck Blake Wheeler's <laughs> making up in Winnipeg. But, yeah, I I think he's going to fall between there, and I think if he does a little bit better, he could even possibly get a what, maybe $12 million a year sort of contract that out of somebody. That seems fair, yeah. I think you're exactly right. Uh, and Tyler Sagan will obviously be one of the big stories to watch this entire season. Do so. you think... Do you think he stays in Dallas? Not that you you don't have to name where you think he goes if he doesn't, but do you think he stays? I think at this point, I think he'd be silly to not have seen the demand for John Tavares mm-hmm. and go out there and test the market. I now, think so too. Dallas was supposedly one of the big finalists for John Tavares, so I think in the end he probably does stay there. But may I? You gotta test it if you're Sagan. Might as and well, yeah, do the same thing. All I'm trying to say ultimately is that he's going to go back to Boston. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Who dealt him? Peter Shirelli and a bunch of weirdos dealt him. Wouldn't it be nice to go back to Boston and like win? Oh yeah. And be like, a oh, now that Shirelli's out of here. Ugh, what a story. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna make my pitch for Sagan to St. Louis. We wouldn't be able to sign anybody else, mm. but it'd be fun. Sagan Watch 2019. It starts right now. Here we go. <laughs> We're back on the train. Speaking of uh, trains and perhaps hype trains, I was very hyped in this very natural <laughs> transition mm-hmm. for the icebreaker event that took place. Was it last Sunday or two Sundays ago? Two now? Sundays. I thought so. But we went, and it was very boring. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a fun event. I mean, a lot of people showed up, which is exciting because people are psyched about the blues, and I'm psyched about their being psyched about the blues. Uh, but <laughs> at the same time, it was kind of your run-of-mill kind of pep rally, run-of-the-mill kind of pep rally thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know about uh, you. You were also there because we went together because we're a delightful couple. But, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it just struck me as kind of meh, honestly. Yeah. I think that wasn't helped by the fact that the jerseys were exactly what we'd expected. Um, they weren't even like minorly different from the winter classics basically i mean they're very very minor difference but differences but in terms of like they didn't change the numbering or anything or like you know nothing substantively different from the winter classic let's see the differences were the collar is no longer like a full yellow sort of like scrunchy sweater collar around the top it's kind of like a thin yellow line and it's got the nhl chevron logo in the middle just like all the other new adidas jerseys mm-hmm. do as adidas on the back the numbers aren't felt and the logo on the front is of the same fabric the rest of the jersey is it's just like an outline of the note which i think is kind of cool other than that completely the same um i noticed online when i was looking at them that if you try and buy them on nhl's website and this is true of a lot of their jerseys they look wrong I don't know if you get shipped the right jersey, uh-huh. but they look wrong. Like, the bottom lines on this jersey are not, like, I believe they're flush to the bottom. 
I can't remember. They're basically one or the whatever they are. They're not that because mm. I'm not looking at one now. And I, then the lettering looks weird, and I don't know if it's just the picture they have. I mean, it's on a dummy or something. I don't. I don't get it. It yeah. was on a boys fan. It was always going to be on a devil. <laughs> 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to buy this jersey online, uh, I don't know. Keep your receipt. It looks weird. It looks like you're buying a Chinese knockoff jersey. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And if you're into that, cool. And you but you're, you're going to be paying $180 plus for a Chinese knockoff jersey. Yeah. On NHL's website. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I don't trust the NHL website. It's weird in general. Um, yeah, I felt I. It didn't help that from where we were, we couldn't hear things especially well. Although that's partially on the Blues for not, you know, making the sound very effective throughout the whole event, um, or on Ballpark Village or whoever. It was the Cardinals trying to screw the Blues out of their hype train. Mm-hmm. I got it now, um, but. <laughs> Overall, kind of what were your impressions of the event? It was enjoyable. I guess the luster, the pizzazz of it being kind of a new event that they debuted when Stasny came. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was four years ago. I guess five years ago, whatever that is. I can't do math. Um, Four. Yeah, that's the one. Five? I don't Whatever. I'm waiting for his confirmation. He's doing math in his head. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's gone. It's all gone. If he signed, we're going to do it out loud. If he signed and played four seasons, the first would have been a zero. So, yes, four years later, we figured it out. We did it. We're committing to this very possibly incorrect answer. We both graduated from college, and one of us has a math degree. One of us has a master's degree, (laughs) but not in math. (laughs) It's getting sadder. Um, Yes, but started when Stasny was signed that summer in 2014, and... It was and now it can end because another <laughs> because hometown boy has returned. <laughs> yeah, it's going to just be over with. It was fun then. Ballpark Village is pretty new at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's hard. That thing's going to always be brand new in my Oh, head. I know. Like, Ballpark Village, what an experience. <laughs> I have a friend that when we drove by Ballpark Village this weekend, mm-hmm. he was referring to the new stuff they're building next to it. But he goes, man, Ballpark Village is such an eyesore. And I was like, holy cow, <laughs> now that's a hot take. Yeah. That he's is not. not I don't know. I don't you know, know if he's what? wrong. He's or not. wrong. That's the home of the professional bull riding hall of fame, and I will not hear you besmirch it. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and one, that's where the icebreaker is hosted. One the same last building. Question before we move on: Are you disappointed, though not surprised, about the jerseys being practically identical, or are you excited but not surprised, <laughs> or are you not surprised but not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take not surprise D, not surprise. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd be a little more different. I get that they went with the safe route. I don't know if they do like marketing statistics and, uh-huh. or like how many people supposedly would have bought the Winter Classic jersey. Yeah. Because if it's a huge amount, then you could go, well, we're going to make that same thing again and people will buy it. Or you can say, people already bought this jersey and they're not going to buy it again Mm -hmm. so i actually i don't know how i would have felt about it but i was kind of hoping they do like a white version of this and then you just make you make the away team wear their colored jerseys i saw that that's probably a lot of coordination on their part i Mm -hmm. saw that speculated by people 
And I, I like it. I think I'm not one of the people who's like obsessed on the idea of white jerseys, but I know a lot of, you know, I don't want to call them older fans, but fans that are older than I am. Advanced grew, age. <laughs> grew up on white home jerseys, you know, and kind of are nostalgic for that era. So I get that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I thought they were going to do something, you know, something little playful, like throw a, a very minor sort of red in there to like kind of as an Ooh. homage to the 90s, you know, something subtle, but enough different that it's not like, hey, these are the same jerseys yeah. that you loved, you know, and I ultimately what I had always wanted was just go back to those jerseys because those jerseys were dope. But then when I'm at the event and there's this big hype and then it's just the same, I'm like, oh, I okay. think that's, I think you nailed it. That's the bigger <laughs> problem is they really shouldn't have like hyped it yeah. as much as I did. There's a video and all sorts like of stuff. Like a friggin' unveiling, baby. Yeah. You're never going to see this coming. Oh, it's the same. Yeah, like just do a New Jersey or a, an Anaheim and just give me a Twitter photo of like, they're back. I'm like, oh. Neat, because yeah. that's really what I felt. And for Anaheim, it was actually cool and like a long yeah, time exactly. ago. Yeah, uh, but overall, I mean, it's a fun event, and I'm hyped for the season, and I love to see the Blues get supported. Yeah. So, hey, there do you, you go. think that red is going to reappear in this jersey just a little bit and say? Ten, fifteen years. Because well, at some point, it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Because we're going through the retro phase of like older fans. You know, they want the old classic blues jersey, but as everyone ages, the classic blues jersey is going to be that clown car jersey, (laughs) the McDonald's jersey. And I feel like they're going to go, well, we got to go back to it. And plus, there will come a time in design where we get back to colorful. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait for. The nineties. It'll be about the same again. time. It'll be about <laughs> it'll be about the same time that carpeting comes back and we're closing oh. off all our kitchens. Right. Oh my god. Right when you hear someone when someone knocks on your door and says, Would you like us to give you an estimate for closing in your kitchen? That's when the red jersey is oh coming. Oh my back. god, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for the nineties back. It's already kinda happening, but it's not full force. I was thinking literally today I was th- I was sitting in my car thinking and when are they going to have, like, a 90s station? Like, that can't be far. Yeah, right now it's, like, 90s, 2000s, and today. But it's sort not. Of it's never really committed to the 90s. Like, I want yeah. a station that's playing Breakfast at Tiffany's on the regular. <laughs> or I'm out. I'm, or I'm out. That's it. I'm with you. The closest freshman, thing we got. Freshman by the Verb Pipe or whoever. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that. The song's called The Freshman. I don't know who the band was. I know what you're talking about. The closest we have is The Point, 105.7 The Point, local alternative station. When they do Way Back Weekends. Yeah, Way Back Weekends. And that's like, Way Back is like almost an insult to us at this point. It's like, this song's from 2004. I'm surprised they don't do 2000s weekends yet, actually, but I digress. All the bowling for soup in Good Charlotte they can play. It's (laughs) inconceivable. Uh, So, sort of out of the blue this past week, it was announced that Martin Brodeur had left the Blues organization to return to New Jersey. Uh, I think it was always sort of inevitable that he would eventually go back Mm -hmm. to the Devils organization. Uh, But he's returned there as the executive vice president of business development. Bill Armstrong has been promoted to his place 
as assistant GM, but will also maintain his role and his title as the Blues scouting director. Um, Marty says he wants to leave kind of the hockey operations side because it's so involved and so hectic, and he wants to get more times with his kids. And of course, this gets his foot in the door at the organization that he probably wants to be with long term. Um, I don't think there's really any question that Bill Armstrong deserves a promotion like this, mm-hmm. like Alex Ovechkin deserved a cup. Uh, no, I same mean, thing. He, you know, he's he's just been a godsend for this organization. Oh, yeah. A six foot five inch tall godsend, which he is, which I never knew. Even though I've seen him, I guess tower over all these prospects, <laughs> I've just never noticed it. Um, but yeah, he's uh He's going to be based out of Toronto and commute to San Antonio and St. Louis. That was the word that uh, Jeremy Rutherford used, which I'm like, Jeremy, he's not like pouring his cup of coffee and saying, bye, honey, off to San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you next week. Um, But yeah, uh, Doug Armstrong was talking about the promotion and he said, it's going to be time management. Uh, He said, there's only so many hours in a day, so he's going to have to delegate more on the amateur side. I think technology has allowed this to happen. With video and the access to watching players, you have to go see these players live, but Billy watches a ton of video. I'm not sure you could have done this role maybe a decade ago because there was a lack of player information on draft-eligible players. It's a new role for us, but we're uh, we're very comfortable that we can have great success with Billy expanding his role outside amateur drafting. Uh, do you think that Doug Armstrong refers to the <laughs> younger Armstrong as Billy just as like a power play? Like, do you think it's Doug Armstrong's uh, taking the knife and jamming it into their eyes and killing him sort of <laughs> moment with Bill Armstrong? 100%. Just for the record, for anyone that doesn't know, no relation between the two Armstrongs. I mean, I'm sure there's some relation back mm. to, you know, the King of Scotland in 19. 19- 1998, <laughs> you know, when there was the King of Scotland. And they're listening to the Verve and, pipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Bill Armstrong said, I love the amateur side of it, and I always will. The evaluating of the talent, the debates that go back and forth where one scout sees the guy as a player and one guy doesn't, he's not even playing hockey, Bill. <laughs> He's out there with badminton <laughs> equipment. I That's don't know the what ice boy. That's a shuttlecock, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> those are great to be, those are great to be involved in. At the same time, under Doug, I get to learn a little bit in the managing side of the game, so that's important to me. To and to be able to do both, it's a great job. Under Doug sounds like Underdog, which was a great cartoon show, I'm sure. Although I've never seen an episode, but the theme was good. Um, <laughs> Bill Armstrong also said, I'm excited. It allows me to manage the top end of the draft and continue uh, to bring talent into the organization. I'm excited to stay in this organization and continue to grow. We have some great people. Bill Armstrong deserved this promotion. Martin Brodeur was always going back to New Jersey. I don't think there's a lot of news to cover here. The only question is, is Bill Armstrong the heir apparent to Doug Armstrong in St. Louis now? Mm, I guess. I think he's probably... In some organization other than ours before Doug Armstrong gets fired. I'm glad you said it and that <laughs> I didn't have to. Yes, I think that's probably the case. I really don't want to lose think Bill this Armstrong. this promotion was probably partially like a preemptive strike against that mm-hmm. already. You know, oh, yeah, saying, like, hey, oh, we'll give you this position yeah. if you don't leave. 
Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably pretty likely, especially now that Armstrong is pretty far removed in the hot seat with all he's, uh, Doug Armstrong, with all he's done this summer. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely more likely that he leaves, but I love him as long as he's here. Um, before we move on to our Pacific Division preview, just talk briefly about the Traverse City Tournament. Um, I'm going. So uh, our friend Garrett and I are going up there this weekend, um, leaving, as we mentioned earlier, at 3 a.m. tomorrow, which is already almost today. (laughs) So that sounds uh, disgusting. I'm kind of like, am I even going to sleep or do I just stay up? But whatever the case. um, Just take some caffeine pills. Oh, I will just snort them. I'll just snatch them up and snort them. NHL isn't testing your pee. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Suck it, Nate Schmidt. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm really excited to go out there. For those of you that don't know about Traverse City, uh, it's a 20th year now of the Red Wings hosting a tournament. Um, I think the teams have been pretty consistent Mm -hmm. the last few years. It's us, the Red Wings, obviously, uh, Chicago and Dallas, Carolina, Columbus, um, New York Rangers, and someone, the Columbus. Did I say Columbus? Mm-hmm. I did say Columbus. Mm-hmm. So who's the eighth team? Then? Um, uh, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Columbus, New York, Carolina. And, and the Orlando Solar Bears. Somebody else. Uh, I'll think of it. But anyway, um, they all... Go up to Detroit and the Minnesota. There you go. Thank you. They're so irrelevant. I can't even think of their prospect. Bam! <laughs> they go up to Detroit to have this little prospect tournament. Uh, it's a lot of fun every year. You may remember it from such uh, hit films <laughs> as last year when said forgotten and irrelevant Minnesota Wild put up like five goals against the Blues in the third period to come back for the win. Um, But it's exciting. Uh, All the Blues prospects of note will be there, other than I think Scott Perunovich uh, is going to be playing college hockey at the same time, so college players are out. Um, Andrei Svechnikov is going to be there. Philip Sedina will be playing. Um, Mira Heiskanen, who's the Dallas defensive prospect that's Mm -hmm. like fourth overall in the league. Dan Cortez. Dan Cortez. (laughs) Spud Webb. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, um, I'm really excited to go out there. Uh, Just some storylines I think will be interesting to follow. Um, And I, I... I thought of these all by myself and didn't write anything about them on any website that I may be affiliated with. Uh, But I think Robert (laughs) Thomas being healthy is big, just to see that he is healthy, and I'm really excited to get to watch him play um, because, you know, I spent a lot of time at the prospect camp this past summer, and it was a little bit of a bummer that he wasn't there. I mean, they were doing the smart thing by keeping him out with any sort of injury, no Mm -hmm. reason to have him play through it for prospect camp especially when he's going to be above the level of competition anyway, but I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Torpchenko because he just, like, everything I hear about him is gangbusters all the time, so I'm excited to see if this is just going to be another thing where he really, really impresses. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch Fitzpatrick and Hofer kind of see if any, either of them have the chops to be the next Billy Huso, who himself will be the next Jake Allen, who himself, <laughs> who himself will be summering in Mephistopheles' playground uh, for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just really excited to go out there. Uh, it's going to be, so there's a game tomorrow at like 2.30. I think the boys play their game 2.30 Eastern, I guess. So 
three no three thirty Eastern, so two thirty our time. Um, and I'm sorry if you all can hear my cat. She's very ill, as you can tell by her screaming. <laughs> no, she sounds like that all the time. Um, but yeah, uh, so game tomorrow at two thirty. Blues play. Uh, Carolina, I think, in the yeah. first game of the tournament. I think and the then, Blues are live streaming them all on their website, too. Yeah, and there's Fox Sports Go, I know, also yep. has uh, games streaming. So be sure to tune in. Maybe you'll see me in the stands. You won't know what I look like because I keep that on the down low. But, long, long um, hair. Yeah, exactly. Look for the guy that looks exactly like a younger Rob Lowe because that's who I am. That could just be Rob Lowe. Um, it could be, but it won't be. It'll be me. Uh, Michael Moore also lives in Traverse City, so maybe he'll be there. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm really excited. Games on, what, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, Monday, and Tuesday. There's no games on Sunday, so I'll just sleep all day because there's nothing else to do in Traverse City, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm really excited. Anything else you want to say about that before we move on? No, I'm just excited to see prospects in action. That's the first little step. You know, right before next week, uh, camp starts. Oh, yes, it does. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about all of that. Uh, you want to talk about the Pacific Division? No. Okay, so thank you all for tuning in to the Two Guys No Cup podcast. This has been great. It's the losers division, and yes. you'll find out why. Uh, yeah, so as you guys know, we've been covering the division week by week, the divisions week by week. Oh, a big announcement that I should have bar- should have said at the beginning of the podcast, but will now say because I know it will excite Jake Webb very much, and he's the only person that will still be listening to this nonsense. <laughs> this is our last two-week break between episodes, I believe, mm-hmm. unless I'm struck dead by a Michigan minor, which is very likely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be covering Traverse City next week, and then we'll be doing the Central... Uh, division the week after and it'll be off to the races for the season so that's good news uh but yeah we've been covering the divisions week by week uh and usually we've had a guest the last couple of weeks we had anthony chandra and then the guys from the broad street bully podcast last week or two weeks ago uh and we just we we had a couple people kind of trying to get free for tonight and they just had other commitments so it's just going to be us flying solo the we tried yeah we tried very hard. The budget on this podcast is very low. Yes. And producer Tim is running out of pennies <laughs> to give running, us. We got we gave Anthony five dollars. We gave the Broad Street Bully guys seven dollars to share. <laughs> and now we have negative four dollars. Mm, we've got stamps. The Washington War Monument is stamps. dry, folks. I don't know what Patreon is, but they won't accept us. <laughs> so uh, here we are. Uh, so let's talk about the Anaheim Ducks, a team on which no one is an expert. Randy Carlisle doesn't know shit about this <laughs> team. Uh, they went uh, 44, 25, and 13 last year, as they always do. Yep. They got 101 points, as they always do. They finished second in the Pacific, as they always do. And they were swept in the first round by the San Jose Sharks, as they always are. <laughs> um, they had Ricard Raquel break out last year. Um, what's his name with the face? You know, the guy with the face, Ryan Kessler. Uh, no, Kessler uh, was injured dead. all of the season and really bad when he was playing. Uh, Getzlav obviously was great. Corey Perry kind of a little, little 
touchy last year, mm-hmm. so we'll see if he bounces back. Um, Jacob Silverberg was his self and so on. Um, Francis Beauchemin finally retired. He must have been 7,000. Jared Bull finally retired. JT Brown went to Minnesota in their string of totally irrelevant signings, of which there were like 70. Uh, mm. They extended John Gibson with that fat contract. Eight <laughs> years, $6.4 million. Dollars. Can that be one of our new sound effects? Me saying fat. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> they signed Luke Shin for one year, 800000 Resigned Andre Cheese for three years, 7.8. Is it just case or is it case? I think it's case. Okay. <laughs> I like case. cheese. Well, what? in German, that with an umlaut over it would be case, which is cheese. So, you know, get off your high horse. <laughs> <laughs> and they resigned Brandon Montour for two years this at is seven. The first eight. team. Uh, <laughs> For the love of God. Tell me what you think about the Anaheim Ducks and some of your questions and thoughts. Um, For being a team that's normally a high-powered offense, last year they only had 30.2 goals per game. uh, Or (laughs) 32-point goals per game. See, it's already (laughs) awful. 30.2 shots per game. Uh, They were also six months. That would have been a very high-powered offense. Oh, they're fantastic. (laughs) For a team that normally has an high-powered offense, they had 30.2 goals a game (laughs) last season. Uh, They also, defensively, (laughs) not that great. Sixth most shots allowed per game with 33.1, which it's just an odd thing for this team because normally they're just kind of a powerhouse. A quiet Western conference powerhouse, I think. Never good enough to go anywhere or no, do anything. A couple years back, they they're made... They're very blues-like other than the fact that they've actually won a cup. Yeah, with Chris Pronger, in fact. Yikes. <sighs> Moving didn't on. didn't have to remind me. <laughs> um, they quietly go about their business all the time, and I think they're going to quietly be sinking into the background of that division as well. Maybe not as bad as some of the lower teams like Arizona and Vancouver, but I do think there's other teams that are going to surpass them or can still stay afloat. I mean, they've got older players like Corey Perry, who I don't think really has another 30-plus goal season in him. Mm-hmm. I like him kind of an Alex Steen and that he's a good, you know, two-way player. He's bang bodies. He's a fine. He's not, you know, just a body out there, but I don't think he's ever going to have the production that he used to have in his career. Ryan Gutslap, I'm sure, will still be Rod fine. the bod, Corey Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Kessler's hips are held together by paper mache at this point. Yeah, I don't think he makes a he may not play this yeah on this team at all. Which is weird because I've I've read some articles that are like, well, he's not going to play this season, but Mm -hmm. he'll be fine in two years. And I'm like, no, he's like 35. Yeah, two years. I don't care. He doesn't matter. Uh, Here's a question for you. I don't want to interrupt you, but do you think the Anaheim Ducks at some point? whether it be this season or a future season, will just implode like Chicago did last year, where it just kind of out of the blue, you're like, wait, what? Or do you think it will be more of a slow kind of Vancouver-esque, just sort of rolling down the cliff into oblivion? (laughs) I think it's going to be more of the slow roll. They've got guys like Raquel. They've got... um, Gibson. They've got Gibson. They've got a... um, Henrique. Who's there? They've got a prospect that's coming up. Through whoever uh, Steel, Steel, Sam Steele, it's supposed to be good. Great name. Oh yeah, he's got to be a superhero. I love Whenever that. you learn about vigilante, the vigilante that's saving Anaheim citizens, it's Sam Steele. Sam Steele, a thousand percent. Sam Steele with a hockey helmet on and just a really, really dim visor. Yeah, 
the chances of that dude being a hockey player over his being either a superhero or a porn star very minor <laughs> very minor he's really overcome some incredible <laughs> he could really still be two of those three things <laughs> i'm just saying you're in the area uh, there you go yeah he'll be, he'll be good i agree with you i think gibson and raquel and some people are enough uh i really like raquel but i don't know if 69 points is gonna be his norm mm. That was like a 15-point jump. And that was in the absence of Kessler as well. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm a little suspicious about everything going on here. Um, I don't think they finished top three in this uh, division. I think if they make the playoffs, it's a wild card spot for them. Ooh, that's a little bit of a hot take. I think L.A. and San Jose are better. Who would be third then? Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, we're getting there. Oh, sh- shoot. <laughs> He's going to put the Vancouver Canucks as third in the division. Are we getting there, Ian, with the Arizona Coyotes? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no. no. No, not a chance. The good thing is we don't have to be politely respectful of any of these teams because we have no guests, so we can just let's, dang Yeah, let's them. just trash them. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes finished with 70 points last year. They were last in the Pacific, last in the Western Conference. Um They did, however, have a really boisterous second half, which is by way of saying that they were less terrible in the second half than they were in the first half Mm -hmm. when they were considerably all-time terrible. Um, Clayton Keller had his breakout season last year and probably would have been Rookie of the Year, but for uh, the insane performance of Matthew Barzell. Uh, Derek Stepan had 56 points. He's just going to have between 53 and 57 points for the rest of his career as long as he plays for them. Uh, Max Domi was there and is gone. Alex Galchenyuk was not there and is now there, and he's a better player. Oliver Ackman Larson was there and poor. Now he is there and rich. Um, <laughs> Christian Dvorak was there and poor, and now he is there and rich. Um, Luke Shin was there and is now not. Zach Ronaldo was there and yet still has an NHL career, this time in Nashville. Great. Okay, they signed Michael Grabner, the speedy Swiss player. He's from somewhere weird, mm, right? I feel like he's like Austrian, Austrian or something. I think that's it. You're right. I knew it was more German than Switzerland. Uh, three years, $10.05 million. I uh, re-signed Brad Richardson for two years. Uh, acquired Vinny Hinestroza in the Marian Hosa salary dump. Uh, and also let go of McKenzie Entwistle, which they are much the worse off for. Uh, and then they got <laughs> Alex Galchenyuk from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Max Domi. What do you think about the Arizona Coyotes? If you were going to ask me what do I think, I was going to say I think Mark Bergevin is one more dumb trade away from being fired. Oh. Just as a thought. That's just what That's I think. <laughs> um Max Pacioretty for yeah, very realistically, it could be the botched Max Pacioretty trade. Yeah, we'll take uh, Ryan Kessler for Max Pacioretty. <laughs> he's got he's got years of control. <laughs> he still has some hips. Uh, like you talked about, the Coyotes were putrid last year at the beginning. They were out of it before they were in it. They won two games of of their twenty games to start the season. <laughs> 
two and eighteen. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, not good. Not the greatest. But then in their last twenty nine games this season, they were seventeen nine and three. They were seven five and one in that time against teams that made the playoffs later that spring. So they started to come on hot at the end of the season. But you have to wonder: is that because they're just playing free and loose? You know, they have nothing to lose, so might as well just play this way or that way. And then they just start winning where all these other teams are, you know, clenching their sticks a little bit more because they're trying to make it into the playoffs and they got to play perfect. Mm-mm. I think it's the latter. I think it's most certainly that. And they, I'm sure they gelled a little bit moving along. I think Derek Stefan had a quote where he said he really started to feel like the team was coming together at the end of the season. But that's also what you want to hear when you're about to make the playoffs. You're like, hey, we're really gelling. We're getting hot. But they were getting hot into nothing, into yeah. the summer. They were just a spoiler for a lot of teams, mm-hmm. including the the Blues very decidedly. I think oh, yeah. They beat us like 10 to 3 in the combined two games at the end of the year. Did you know Antti Ranta's stats last year were a .93 save percentage and a 2.24 goals against average? I did know that. He's very good. He's very good on that crappy team. And then... From January 1st till the end of the season, he was a .942 save percentage with a 1.84 goals against average. That's he was the good. best goalie in the league in the second half of the season. He's pretty good. I like him. I, they've got some pieces. I think the thing that confuses me about the Coyotes, and maybe it's just the reality of the garbage fire that is their franchise and their ownership and their entire situation, um, but they never seem to get better. Like, mm-hmm. bad teams... Even Vancouver, who we'll talk about in a while, like, they're bad right now. But the future is bright for them, or at least looks to be. You hear about these guys who are prospects for the Coyotes. Clayton Keller just done really well. But, you know, before him it was Max Domi, and Max Domi never really materialized to be the level of player that he was supposed to be. And then before him it was Ryan Strom, who's never become really anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they have another Strom who... Or maybe it was the other Strom. I don't know. <laughs> Ryan, Dylan, and the other one. But anyway. Um, That's what their parents say. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just they, they never seem to be headed in the direction. None of the moves they seem to make are really decisive. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was ballsy when they got Derek Stepan and, and, and Anders Nielsen and gave up a seventh overall pick and a really good defensive prospect. But, you know, it's, it's, that's not, like, the player that puts you back on the map as much as I really like both of those guys. Um, and the same with Alex Galchenyuk. It's like that, I think, is obviously a great move for the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Stupid move for the Canadians. Thank God Mark Bergevin speaks French or he would have been fired seven years ago. But... Um, yeah, I, just, I don't know. It just seems like they're never really digging out of the hole. It's just that sometimes the hole isn't getting any deeper. Yeah. And I think that's where they're at right now. Yeah, I think they do better than they did last year, but that's not saying a lot. I <coughs> yeah. think maybe, I think at best they could be about an 80 point team and be like, hey, we're getting close to the playoffs, but just never quite make it. I will be interested to watch Kalchenyuk down there because I always thought, I mean, lots of people thought he was getting sort of jerked around up in Montreal. They pretty much decided he wasn't going to be a center from like the moment he got there. Mm. And he's been quoted as saying he wants to be a center down there. And I think Jake has said, we're going to play him at center, and that's our plan. I mean, they need centers anyways. So I'm just interested to see what he does. He might take off down there, and I think that would be a really cool story between him and Antiranta being like an amazing goalie. Maybe just those two stories are enough to kind of propel the Coyotes into at least something interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to say a playoff spot, but... An interesting team. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Another team that is very interesting, and maybe on the opposite of ends of things, is the Calgary Flames. Um, they are coming off an 84-point season that I think anyone would label as a disappointment uh, for the team that maybe going into the season was thought, as, thought of as one of the bright spots for Canada, mm-hmm. uh, which of course turned out to be the Winnipeg Jets more than anyone else, but and the Toronto Maple Leafs, but... Um, yeah, 84 points, 5th in division, 11th in the conference, missed the playoffs. Johnny Gaudreau is great. Sean, Mo- Sean Monahan is very good. Uh, Matthew Kachuk was a little underwhelming mm. last season, I'd say. I, I don't know if it's quite a sophomore slump, but only 49 points. Um, Kyle Backwind has never really become the player I think he was supposed to be. Has never consistently been that anyway. Uh, so they sent um, um, Matt Barkowski, players that just left through free agency and various uh, different things. Matt Barkowski went. Matt Bartkowski went to Minnesota. Uh, one of the millions of people they signed that were relevant. Um, Matt Stajan, 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 whatever, <laughs> went to Germany. Christopher Stieg went to the KHL, really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you, is that, that really yeah. happened? Okay. Is that Dean Kane? <laughs> Dean Kane. Uh, and Troy Brower was bought out and is on his, uh, is it a PTO in Florida? No, you, I, I, no I think I heard it was PTO, but I think you might be right. I think okay. he signed with them. Um so they did do a lot this offseason. They signed uh, Derek Ryan for three years at $9.375 million, which is suspect. Uh, they signed James Neal for five years at $28.75 million, which may be suspect in the long run, but could be really good uh, on the front end. John Gillies for two years at $1.5 million, re-signed, re-signed Matt Jankowski. And then, of course, the big trade that we already mentioned, alluded to, Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin came from Carolina in exchange for Dougie Hamilton, uh, Michael Ferland and Adam Fox. I don't know if that was a great trade for the Flames. When it first happened, I thought it was amazing for them, and then it kind of cooled on it. Uh, but if Hannafin and or Lindholm really blossom in Calgary, that will be phenomenal for mm-hmm. them. They obviously signed both of those guys, so now they're key pieces of their future. Uh, more than maybe any other team in the league but the uh, St. Louis Blues, if you'll allow me to be a little vain about our own team, I think Calgary has done more to really reshape their roster in significant ways. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the end result? Um, I think I like the James Neal signing. I really do. I think him with... Would you say it's the real cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'd say it is the real deal. Um, I think him with Goudreau and Monaghan could see him with a 30-plus uh, goal season. He's never had, we've talked about on this podcast before, he's never once in his career had under 20 goals in a season, which I think is remarkable. I think he'll do really well there, and I don't think they're going to be asking like too much from him as far as like a leadership role, even though he's an older player. More importantly, though, if he opened a bar, how cheap would his shots be? <laughs> Very. I think he's moved on from that. <laughs> yeah, I think that phase but is done. I don't know. Not. It'll be interesting. Their power play somehow just slightly better than Blues last year. I believe the Blues were 30th. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So Calgary's riding high at 29th on the power play <laughs> with 16%. They're 27th in goals four with 2.63 goals per game last year. Um, not great offensively, but James Neal signing will kind of help. 
Uh, last year they brought in Yager, did they not? And they got rid of him. Uh, they got rid of um, our boy Brower, our big boy Brower, who was building a house up there big and is now trolling. in Florida. So See ya. good luck with the house, I guess. Get spent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to rhyme. Moving on. For some reason. Um, Get spent, Big Trent. My yeah. name's Troy. We don't care. There you go. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Bill Peters. That's the other Carolina. Bill, 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 Bill Peter. <laughs> they got um, as their head coach. Do you think Bill Peters is going to work out up there? Bill Pete, that coaching guy. Uh, no. No, actually, I think I'll be all right out there. Um. <laughs> I think your cat I, disagrees. <laughs> my cat has very strong feelings about Bill Peters. Uh, I think it's kind of the old debate about whether the goalies and the defense in Carolina dragged down Bill Peters or whether Bill mm-hmm. Peters dragged down the goalies and the defense. And now we'll be able to answer it, except for the fact that Noah Hannafin is now still with Bill Peters. So I guess that argument remains. Mm-hmm. And God almighty, if the goalies in Calgary don't suck. But, um... Yeah, I think overall, I think he'll do okay there, whether yeah. it'll be like smashing. I mean, we talked about it when he was signed. I kind of thought as a Calgary Flames fan, I'd be like, eh? When he signed, I'd be very kind of underwhelmed. You know, not that you, it's nice to have somebody with some experience, but if you're signing a guy that's like getting drummed out of another organization <laughs> for all intents and purposes, <laughs> like, that's a little underwhelming. I think Trill Living, their GM, and Bill Peters are, like, good friends, so I think it was, like, a personal mm-hmm. hiring, and I think if... That's never a great sign. Yeah, I think if Bill Peters does poorly up there, then I think their GM's on the way out, too. But you mentioned goalie. Calgary's got Mike Smith, who I still, to this day, like, they were happy when they He's did it. He's supposed to be very good. He's not. But no, he's supposed to be. He's fine. I think this is that thing but, of when like somebody does something. Like in the NFL, when a quarterback can throw a ball through a mountain, mm-hmm. they don't care that he can't pass it accurately to anyone or move in the pocket at all. And I think with Mike Smith, people are like, he's such an incredible puck handler. Oh, that's right. And everybody with a brain is like, you realize that's like a very tertiary part of what makes a good NHL goalie. And and certain GMs are like, nuh-uh. <laughs> like, he does it so well. You don't get it. You haven't be seen like, it. Be like, if Usain Bolt wasn't as fast, but they were like, but he's really good at the shot put. And it's like, yeah, but he's a sprinter, <laughs> so... Uh, he sprints around the area where the shot put is. So. <laughs> that's true. He's close. <laughs> he's getting there. Uh, yeah, that's my read on Mike Smith. What do you think? It's fine, but for a team that has had goalie problems for what feels like forever... It was really weird to me when they gap? went and got him, and that was like, this is... Our, our fix. I'm like, really? That like, no, Mike it's not. Smith? Like, don't lie no to me. No one named Mike Smith. Forgive me, because I, there's got to be one in our audience. No one named Mike Smith <laughs> has ever fixed anything. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, have been sorry, adequate Mike. at test, and that's fine. Some of us, myself included, long for adequacy, <laughs> but <laughs> they've never been the solution. That's more of like a like an Andre Vasilevsky sort of role. Mm. That's a guy that sounds like a solution. He can fix things for you. Mm. Not Mike Smith. I thought Dougie Hamilton Don't was the solution. This message has been paid for by Andre Vasilevsky <laughs> for president. I thought Dougie Hamilton was the solution, and then they traded his ass. 
straight to Carolina. The solution to not go into the movie theater with his bros. Yeah, he must be a huge introvert. And a thorn in the side. I'm pretty sure of I Calgary. would betrayed it a lot if I was in an NHL. So if you want to go to a museum instead of like going out with the boys, you're a problem, and you gots to go. Sorry for being cultured, oh, Calgary. You want to go see Rembrandt instead of this friggin' Michael Bay movie? What are you? One of those people? <laughs> That's like, how yes. these conversations go. Okay, uh, have we said enough about the Calgary Flames, or would you like to say more? I just think Dougie Hamilton is a much better player than Noah Hannafin. I don't think That's Noah true. Hannafin's bad, but I think Dougie Hamilton brings a lot more to the table as far as being an offensive player, I think he's a halfway decent two-way forward. He's a right-handed shot, which is not a lot of, uh-huh. you know, you don't see a lot of, or it's harder to have. Um, uh, no Hannafin is lefty. He's younger. He's He could grow into that role, but he's not a power play specialist. I don't know what role Noah Hannafin has in the defensive core of Calgary. named Noah. He's going to put his teammates on a boat to success. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't it Mark Giordano, Giordano who tried to kill that referee, too? That wasn't Doug, Dougie Hamilton, was it? Oh, tried to kill? No, that was uh, Weidman. Oh, Dennis Weidman. Yeah, is he still there? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, then s- screw that point. So, final question. <laughs> yes. Will the Calgary Flames set fire to the division, or will they flame out and crash and burn? The latter. <laughs> the latter. I think they'll do fine, but... I think it's going to be a lot of the same, really. I think maybe they get 80-some points, and I think the wild card is for the central. You know, I think those wild card spots are for the central teams, really. Those are for us. You can't have any. I agree. I think you're right. Uh, Speaking of teams that are or aren't good. (laughs) uh, No, no. Speaking of teams that had a really bad power play last year, I think the Edmonton Oilers were worst in the league, if I'm remembering correctly. You... Are, I am remembering yes. correctly. Phew, what a great stat to pull out of your butt. 78 points, finished 6th in the Pacific, 12th in the Western Conference. Uh, they have some Connor McDavid kid who's pretty good, along with Leon Dressel and nobody else. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is okay. Ryan Strom is even okayer. And then Milan Lucic... Not so good. Uh, we're a couple years from you eating a shoe. <laughs> was it a shoe? Was that what it was? Was that from Milan Lucic? I don't think was so. That, no, that was the Patrick Marlowe, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you're right. Um, <laughs> this is a team that was desperate enough to employ and give serious minutes to Ty Ratty last season and continue to do so, so things aren't great. Uh, sleepy Anton Slepyashev is back in the KHL. Hori Ron Horak is back in the is now in the KHL. He's getting X-rated. Uh, uh, Ryan Strom re-signed. Tobias Ryder signed. Kyle Brodziak, good old Kyle Brodziak signed. Jacob Jarabek signed. Kevin Gravel signed. And I believe they have Upshaw on a PTO. And they have Scotty Upshaw on a PTO so he can tell them all about the Decemberists and the head and the heart and other The Arkells. Both of those are bands that are much too famous for Scotty to be interested in. Yeah, he's not less known to no mainstream crap. (laughs) None of this mainstream Decemberist crap. He's into the Nirvana the band. Except. (laughs) Ooh, what's that? (laughs) 
<laughs> you would know. Except for Dua Lipa. He's weirdly into Dua Lipa. I think we're just describing what? Steven at this point. <laughs> like to the point that it makes his teammates uncomfortable. As it has made you uncomfortable. What do you think about the Edmonton Oilers? I thought it was Dua Lipa. She's great. Um, Step one. <laughs> I think this team... Has to make the playoffs this year, right? They have to. They have. I mean, to. they have to. But will they? You have 108 point Connor McDavid. Like you should just make the playoffs because he's on your. Oh, team. Oh, they should. But should would they? they? I think they will. I think a Kyle Brodziak. It's weird to say, but I mean, he doesn't make the biggest impact necessarily on oh, your no, team. No, he does not. I mean, he did on this team, but also we were very bad last year. And he made an impact as our second-line center after we traded Paul Stastny. I don't think he's going to be playing that role for the Edmonton Oilers, but I think in the locker room there's going to be maybe a little bit more seriousness to it. I think I was reading interviews where McDavid was saying he really wanted, I don't know, some of the shenanigans in the locker room to kind of calm down or people to take winning more seriously. I am old and mature Connor McDavid, and you will listen to me, children. I'm only 21 I'm or 22. I'm 21-year-old, hand in pocket, barely had a drink in his adult life, Connor McDavid. I like O'Doul's and only O'Doul's, <laughs> and I demand that you quiet down. Uh, yeah. Him and Brad's exactly along just fine. Now all of fine. you shut up and go to the museum with me. Oh, no, you're not doing that. No, he, if he makes them all go to the oh, museum, those, then uh, it's fine. Then it's, oh, yeah, then it's a team-building trip. <laughs> um, I mean, they've got their very, I don't know, their very high-level offense at the top, McDavid, Dreisaitl, even Hop, Nugent Hopkins, but it's kind of the big three, and the big three is being a little bit of a stretch to make that statement. But then Strom, Ryan Strom's fine. Milan Lucic is never going to live up to that contract. I think he's better than 10 goals, but I think this is the fewest goals he's scored since the lockout season or the lockout shortened season. And before that, it was like his, I think, his uh, first year in the league when he had under 10 goals. Would you say he's got new goals <laughs> and he counts them or not? <laughs> I will not say that. <laughs> okay. That's I'm the sick fair. one. I, I know. Feel I'm sick. just, I'm sick in the head. Uh, <laughs> so you think they do rebound and make the playoffs? Yeah. I you think, think they're third in the division? I do. I think LA, San Jose, Edmonton. You could not be more correct, probably. They have to. Like, can you imagine the chaos that will ensue if they don't make the playoffs? You gotta fire at very least. Everybody. Todd McClellan's gone. Oh, for sure. You, it should be Peter Shrelly immediately. Well, he should have been gone like three years. Ago. Yeah, I I love how it weirdly like oh that's the guy that drafted Connor McDavid. Can't get rid of him. Where it's like, no, that's the guy that burned down a team so bad that he could then draft Pete, Connor McDavid. Not so good. Uh, yeah. I think it's playoffs or bust for this team, and I think they will bust. No, I'm kidding. I, I agree with you. They'll probably make the playoffs. I think a lot of it rests on Cam Talbot, which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's say. true. He didn't have the best season last year. They ride him pretty hard because they have no backup goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some mm-hmm. French guy. <laughs> it literally is like Bonesois, Bonesois or something. Um, uh, Laurent Boss Yep. (laughs) You and I said the same thing. Um, Laurent Leibowitz. Well, because they don't really. (laughs) Very common French Jewish name, as as many people have. 
I don't think they have much of a defense in front of them, <laughs> which is why I think it comes down to him saving their bacon. Yeah. Because, I mean, who is it? Andre Sequeira, like, destroyed his Achilles tendon. Like, he's not going to play it this season. Isn't he also a 1,000? Yeah, I mean, he was already going to be ineffective <laughs> anyways. But now he can't skate. Just so we have Even that more squared so. away. But, yeah, it's it's not looking great from defensively. Clefbaum, Larson, Russell, Russell, who used to be here, uh, Benning, Nurse. I, I just don't know. I think if their defense collapses, I don't care how many 108-point players you have on your team, you're not going to make it. But mm. I think they'll rebound. So, yes, third in the division. There you go. Um, yeah, so Los Angeles Kings uh, next. We gave up on transition. Yes. That's no, fair. That's no, fair. I'm saying just transition straight past the Los Angeles Kings because who needs them? Uh, they finished with 98 points last year. They finished fourth in the Pacific, the seventh in the Western Conference. Got swept by the first round uh, in by the... <laughs> Good God. They got swept by the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. They shot There craps. you go. Uh, Andre Kopitar was really good last year. He won a Selkie trophy, which you did not predict, True. but he did not win an MVP trophy, which you also did not predict. Uh, Dustin Brown had a real bounce-back season for a guy who's not very good at hockey. Mm-hmm. Drew Doughty is very good at hockey. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is okay at hockey. And Jake Muzzin is adequate at hockey. Uh, Let's do that hockey. (laughs) Uh, Christian Foling, Kevin Gravel, Scott Wedgwood, Tobias Ryder, and Jordan Subban are all out of town. None of them really matter. No. Um, They signed... Uh, they traded for Peter Budaj from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it's Peter Budaj, people. Stop writing letters. Uh, they gave up Andy Andrioff. Is that his real name? <laughs> and then they signed Ilya Kovalchuk for three years. Point <laughs> seven five. I hope you turned it off by now. Uh, oh, we haven't. No, we're plowing straight through, baby. Uh, I wouldn't have laughed except that you laughed so hard. Hard. Um, I'm going to straight face it from now on. I'm sure you are. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, good signing, bad signing? Fine signing. Fining, yeah, Fining. I agree. Uh, but not moving the needle on this team, really, is no, it? No, like, this is, that'd be a good, like, sort of, like, side signing, auxiliary signing to, like, a bigger deal, you know? I think they're... Like f- a trade for Jeff Skinner or Matt Pacioretty, for example. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, if they could pull something like that off, but they can't. Apparently not. They don't got the balls. Do you think both of those guys, I mean, I know Max Pacioretty was apparently a done deal, but do you think both of those guys were like, I ain't staying in LA. That team's headed down. Um, That team's older than dirt. Maybe. I don't know. I think they've got some decent prospects coming up. You shut your mouth. They're a team that plays really great defense. I think fewest goals allowed last year. Uh, fewest, I think, best PK last year, too. Um, so maybe it's not the flashy team, you're right, to go to, especially for those two guys who are looking to put up points. But it is something they needed help with, and Kovalchuk was, I guess, the next best thing. It costs you money, UFA, but you didn't have to give up anything to get them, and they do have a few prospects. It also that... costs them their dignity. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I guess. I hey, know. I was hoping for Kovalchuk a little bit. That's but true. I mean, that would have been fun at that price. Six point two five. He's thirty five years old already. It's three years. 
I think it's going to be kind of like a Blake Wheeler what sort a, of deal. What a weird off-the-wall signing for the Warriors that would have been. Like, can you imagine love it. all this, all the rumors we were involved in? Can you imagine how different this team looks if those things had happened? Like, imagine if instead of this offseason, we brought back Stastny and signed Kopitar and traded for Skinner. Like, that still would have been a good offseason, but Kopitar. very different. Or, excuse me, signed Kovalchuk yeah. and traded for Skinner. That would have been different. Yeah. But the same, kind of, in terms of, like, overall. Would you overall. want that? No. Skinner, Kovalchuk, Stasny. No, I wouldn't. Now. But okay, I'm just gotcha. saying that was like a thing we talked about. Man. Not like that necessarily sequence of events, but those were all things we were rumored to be a part of. I think that just speaks volumes of the addition by subtraction of getting rid of like Berglund and Zaboka. See you, bye. Yeah. They're gone. They could have been on Carolina just as easily as Buffalo. Just mm, as exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think about the Kings overall? Do you think they stay about where they've been? Uh, I think what did they finish? They finished like second or fifth or no? They the finished division. in a wild card spot last year. Yeah. I think they make top three because I think that Anaheim falls out. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the division, but I think they'd be maybe third, second or That's third. Probably right. They're uh, one of the reasons I was never super excited about the Pacific is I feel like there's not all that much to talk about. There's, there's a no, lot of teams yeah. that have always been the best teams there. And will continue to be, as far as we can tell. I feel like there's less storylines as far as like flashy players. I mean, Anze Kopitar is a great player, and Brian Gutzlaff is a great player and stuff. But I just don't feel like there's this high end, like you know, just wow talent. Yeah, like, like wow, the best player in hockey does not play in this division. No, for at sure. All. Because well, I the guess best it, player in hockey, as we all know, is Vincent Trocheck <laughs> of the Florida. I guess I actually, honestly, when I say that, what I'm thinking of really is like California teams. Yeah. As like whenever I think of the Pacific Division, I almost split it and like there's California teams and Arizona or whatever, and I guess Vegas now, and then there's three Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. And even though they're like Calgary's in the Pacific, I'm like, well, Calgary is like, but they're in like the north. Yeah, Vancouver, Pacific. Calgary, and Edmonton are sort of like this whole other thing. Because I do, if when I say that, I'm like, oh, Pacific doesn't have anyone fun. Well, they got. Yeah, and Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and all these Johnny great players. And yeah, and that's what I think. They're Rock like Passer, up there. They're like up there and who cares. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Uh, speaking of teams that aren't moving much, uh, the San Jose Sharks had 100 points last year, were third in the Pacific. They whipped the Anaheim Ducks in the first round and then got beat roundly by the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, <clears throat> they, of course, have Britt Burns and Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle. Uh, they now also have Evander Kane after trading for him uh, wisely at the deadline, although they signed him very unwisely in a seven-year, $7 million yeah. per year contract. Uh, Eric Fair and Yannick Hansen left. Um Eric Fair also went to Minnesota. Who didn't? And what team? Like, Minnesota had like virtually an expansion draft this year of just like <laughs> bringing in an all but irrelevant free agent from every team. There were like uh, somewhere in, in not Chuck Fletcher's addled brain, they were like, this worked for Vegas. <laughs> that was their plan. They've got like eight signings. Yeah. Paul of, like, fourth line players. Yep. Boom, baby. Suck on that, Mrs teacher who never believed in me person uh yeah so evander kane seven by seven what do you think eh. 
not so good. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be fine there. I think they've got a locker room that's kind of an old veteran locker room that can kind of control him. I don't never saw I him think, as like a problem, but uh, he obviously was in locker rooms before. I think that's paying him for something that he's never actually been. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And like, I don't really get that. But uh, he's got a lot of hype. He always has. They re-signed Joe Thornton, one year, $5 million. Do you think Joe Thornton makes it through the season? No. He's had two knee surgeries, one on each knee in the last 18 months. I just, his game's never been speed. It's always been passing and kind of thinking of the game at a high level. But at a certain point, you can only be so, you know, thinking that fast only gets you so far when you're way behind the play. So I I really do think this is last year. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Tomas Hurdle, four years, twenty two point five million, felt like kind of a stretch. Yeah. Chris Tierney, two years, five point eight, and Dylan DeMella, two years, one point eight. <clears throat> Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, they did also organize the great uh, Mike Hoffman fleecing of the Ottawa Senators when they somehow got to shed Mikel Bodker's crappy contract. And add a ton of picks by flipping Mike Hoffman to Florida Panthers right under uh, Paul Pierre Dorian's just useless nose. The guy <laughs> has anosmia because he can't smell so good. Um, there you and go. Uh, you are just totally dumb with me tonight. It's wonderful. Um, San Jose, what do you think about the Sharks? They are fine. Actually, I think they're going to be really good this year. I think. Moving on. I think they're going to win the division because I think Evander Kane's going to have a really good year down there with a full season with them. I think you just have guys that have always been there and want to win. And I don't think the age is too much of a problem yet. I think Mark Edward Vlasic's always been a stay home defenseman. Pickles. Um, I don't think age necessarily hurts them too much there. Uh, Coacher's Pickles. still going to be another 60 point player. I don't know, Joe Pavelski's fine, even though he's like 31, 32. I think they'll be fine, I think, injecting. Did you know that Joe Pavelski is yes. really good at redirecting the puck? I bet you didn't know that. He's underrated at that. He's underrated to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be really good. I don't think they're really cup contenders. I just, I you don't, don't think Pete DeBoer hoists hosts the cup? Over my dead body. <laughs> over my dead cremated body. Did you know that there's a separate word for... Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. We won't go down that Did no. you know that cremains is a word? <laughs> it's still dead. Um, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I learned that through Making a Murder on Netflix, which I'm watching a solid two years after it was at all relevant. So thank you. Uh, San Jose Sharks, are we done with them? Yep, win the division. Uh-huh. They will have cremains after the year. Vancouver Canucks were, have 73 points. It's fun to watch how much you're hating every second <laughs> of this. I'm really enjoying it. 73 points. Uh, finished 7th in the Pacific, 14th in the Western Conference. They're real bad. Uh, three of Two of their top three stores left. Uh, the, two, those two being the Sedins. Uh, Brock Besser did not leave and had a phenomenal rookie season. Bo Horvat's really good. Um, and Thomas Vanek is not there anymore. Um, Henrik Sedin and Daniel Sedin retired. As we mentioned, Nick Dowd and Jason Megna went to Washington. Both of those are real NHL players. You <laughs> promised me you took the notes here. So those are real people in the NHL. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, and Patrick 
where Joth went to the KHL. How many people randomly go to the KHL? I honestly, like, jokes, as, jokes aside, I didn't realize these many just random, like, NHL bodies were like, ooh, KHL contract now. I, I didn't know. get it was like the Japan, like the NPB of the MLB. Like, it's that sort of relationship. Uh, Jim Benning, in his infinite wisdom, signed Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel to matching four years, $12.12 million contracts for $3 million a year. Inexcusable. <laughs> Fired on the spot. He should have been, but he wasn't. Uh, they re-signed Troy Stretcher. Really, you're not making these people up. <laughs> They're real people. That's how irrelevant okay. the team is. <laughs> Spin Berchi I know about. Jake Vertanen I know about. They re-signed both mm-hmm. of them. And then Tim Schaller. Pretty sure he doesn't exist. Oh, you've heard of Tim Schaller. Oh, for sure. Just as much as I've heard of Troy Stretcher, you're going to carry Tim Schaller out on a Troy Stretcher. I'm not that much. Uh, so <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks are a flaming garbage fire. Uh, they haven't qualified for the playoffs since 2011, I believe. Uh, which Since is their cup run. Which is not good. Um, oh, yikes, that's bad. That's what you get for burning a car. Uh, there was an article on The Athletic where they talked to a player, an executive, a coach, and a scout about each team. They all had pretty telling <laughs> quotes. They were obviously anonymous, and I don't know if they were the same one for every team or not. Um, <clears throat> but the player said about... The Canucks, I feel bad. Without the Sedins, I don't know where that's going to go. There's going to be a battle for hierarchy. Who's going to be the face of that team? Uh, The executive said the bottom three teams in the league are going to be the Canucks, Ottawa, and Detroit. And uh, John Tortorella, excuse me, an unnamed coach (laughs) said they're going to get the shit kicked out of them in that division. (laughs) Uh, That was John Tortorella, forgive me, an unnamed NHL coach who said that. Uh, the whole goal, I think, of the Canucks season is to reform their core around a new brother pair, namely Jack and Quinn Hughes. Hey, I agree. They are straight up losing for Hughes. Beyond and. that, they have one of the uh, better um prospect cores, according to, according to Corey Pronman, one of only two prospect groups better than the Blues. They rank second. Uh, Elias Pedersen uh, could be this year's Brock Besser. I think he'll play in the league this year. Uh, he was a man among boys, even though he was a boy among men in the Swedish Elite League last year. Um, they have a 63% chance of finishing bottom five, 17% chance of finishing dead last. The Canucks are the punching bag for this entire division. That whale is beached. Uh, so here's some <laughs> questions I want to ask you about the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, how will the Sedin's departure affect this team's chemistry, do you think? Don't you like how I say ridiculous things and then just ask very sincere, straight-up <laughs> questions? Um, I think they'll be shattered. I don't know. Is Antoine Roussel going to lead this team? Oh, France! is going to lead this team. Oh, Antoine Roussel's going to step straight out of this contract, straight into the GM role for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think it's going to be even worse than it was last year without the Sedins, who neither of which did it all that great last year, so... 
Who's going to replace the Sedins? A hundred combined points. Still, they still had over a hundred points combined. Um, no one. Elias Peterson isn't going to do that. Not no. all by his lonesome. Uh, Brock Besser, who got hurt for a portion of last year, probably be better, but also is just going to be focused on. You just have to shut down Brock Besser. He will be Brock Besser. Uh, yes. Uh, that was a play on better in case that went over your head. I know you're not as brilliant as I am with the puns, <laughs> but I make them anyway. Yeah. Uh, the other question I think for them is who's in goal? They've got Jacob Mar- Markstrom and longtime blue Anders Nilsson. Uh, and then behind them, but also ahead of them distinctly, is Thatcher Demko, who's supposed to be their goalie of the future, and God willing, because that name is bonkers cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you get a chance, we'll tweet it out if we can find a, a good picture of it, but he had some really dope like neon green and black and like jet black pads for Utica comments like cool. alternate game that was really cool. Uh, so I think the question is, do you think Thatcher Demko is going to take over this job, or do you think it'll be another year for Markstrom and Nilsson? Uh, Demko, I think, did play an entire AHL season last year, so I think oh, he really? could be ready to come up. Um, I'm sure he'll get some games, but I, if I'm Vancouver, I don't see the rush necessarily yet, yeah. just because they're going to be so bad. He's just going to get lit up. It's the thing where it's like, I'd love to see him for a few games, see what he's like under pressure, but mm-hmm. like a full... like. 40-ish or something, 50. I mean, I don't think he's getting that many anyways, but it's like just going to be too much. I think what they got to do is clear house maybe of those goalies and find like an older guy to Mm -hmm. maybe not mentor him, but, you know, to be kind of 1A, 1B with, I guess, is what I would want to do. So I think you get some time, but not not full-time work. I'm going to say not over 20 games. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, And then finally, this question is not entirely serious, but mostly serious. <laughs> is Jim Benning terrible, or is he just building a long rebuild? Um, no, he's bad. Okay, that's what I I kind of thought that too, and I think the Roussel and um, Jay Beagle contracts kind of verify that because even on this team, there's just no reason to sign those. Mm-mm. I don't think they really have cap floor problems. Maybe without the Sedins they do, but I doubt it. And I, I don't see what <laughs> Roussel brings. Like, who on your team's getting beat up that you need him to go stick his nose into it? You know, he's yeah. kind of like a new age enforcer and that he's just kind of a much, much, much worse Brad Marchand. <laughs> um, much. Oh, very. We worse. <laughs> Whatever worse is in Spanish. Uh, we that. You know he also doesn't speak Worse, so right? I don't care okay, what he speaks. Okay, cool. It's not the right language. Let's say that That's much. That's true. He needs to learn to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I boy, I would love it for this team to get Jack Hughes in the sense that it just means, well, never mind. I think the poetry is Ottawa, quote-unquote, getting Jack Hughes. Yeah, that's true. That's the funniest. So actually, that was the whole point. Was I was like, oh, Vancouver can steal Jack Hughes from Ottawa. But Ottawa's getting Jack Hughes stolen from them regardless of where they finish. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Ottawa. But yes, I think Vancouver might finish worse than them. I think Ottawa still has 
players, like if they want to keep Carlson for an extended period of time or Stone, that are going to just kind of push the team as far as they can. I don't think anyone's pushing Vancouver up the hill. Speaking of Carlson, there was a rumor last week sometime oh, yeah. that, I, or maybe we talked about it on the last episode, I think I maybe know. we did, about Carlson oh. maybe being, or the Canucks being interested in Carlson. That would be weird. Don't do it. Also, I think Carlson has said he wants to be in America, where all good people live. So come Coming to, to America. America. Uh, anything else about the Canucks? No. We'd like to can it with the Canucks. Uh, then we will move on to the final team of this contra- conference and in all of our hearts, the Vegas Golden Knights. Everyone knows their story last year. Uh, preposterous finish, a preposterous run, 109 preposterous points, first place in the preposterous Pacific Division, third place in the Western Conference, swept the Kings, beat the Sharks in six games, beat the Winnipeg Jets in five games, were 1-0 against the Capitals, then had Imagine Dragons play a pregame show, and then took the gentleman's sweep from the Capitals, five uh, four games in a row, five, four to one was the series final, uh, and we know about all that from the Capitals' perspective. Uh, William Carlson, 78 points, 43 goals last year. Jonathan Marchessault, 75 points, 27 goals. David Perron, a ridiculous 66-point season. Riley Smith, 60 points. Eric Halla, 55 points. Both Perron, who obviously came here, and James Neal, who we mentioned earlier, left town. Uh, They signed or re-signed a bunch of people, the most notable of which uh, was Paul Stastny. And then, of course, they also uh, re-signed William Carlson for one year at $5.25 million, a very uh, laudable, from their perspective, kind of prove-it deal for Carlson, I think. Uh, This team is, I don't know, who knows, who knows? There's no rational way to analyze this Mm -hmm. team because all last year everybody was saying it'll stop eventually, and it never did until Imagine Dragons played, (laughs) and they made uh, Alex Ovechkin a believer. But um, Very good, very good. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, The player in that uh, aforementioned athletic article said, you're going to get some reality with the Knights. Uh, Everyone was on a one-year contract. Playing in Vegas had an awe factor. We're all competitive. We're still going to enjoy ourselves, but you're not going to have that wow factor. I'm not discounting them completely, though. They'll be okay. Um, And I think that's something that was taught. We mentioned a lot last year was that kind of Vegas flu. Uh, Do you think the Vegas flu is going to be done this year, or do you think it will still happen? Uh, I think it's done. I think they're not going to, they don't get the fun little. In the Vegas. Sorry, go on. (laughs) Uh, They don't get the fun little number of being like, oh, we're just the plucky little team that's, you know, that could, and we're trying real hard. I think people obviously picked up on, oh, they're a good team. Now we got to prepare for them. In fact, we know what the who the players are on this team now. We know how they play together. This should be easier said than done. Um, I supposedly because they still have some fairly good players on that team between mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury, who I, for some reason I forget is there in their goalie. I keep thinking left for somewhere, KHL yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah. wow. Um, William Carlson not going to score four to three goals, but probably still twenty, twenty or more. You know, so he's a formidable offensive uh, player. Paul Stasny, I think, is probably going to find a pretty decent role down there. I don't know 
what role? Is he their first line? I mean, is their first line center, second line center? Like, I don't know where he is. I don't know what they expect of him, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Nate Schmidt's out for 20 games. That was probably a top pairing defenseman for him. Uh, I don't know. Flip a coin. They could make a top three in this division again and make the playoffs. They could also miss, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I don't think they'll be terrible. You know, and I don't think they're finishing below Arizona necessarily. Maybe if Arizona surprises, but not below Vancouver or anything. So I'd say, yeah, just flip a coin. I'm going to say they missed the playoffs. Oh, snap. That's a hot take. Uh, you answered most of the questions I was going to ask in that little rant that you just did, yeah. Mr. Man. What did you, what was but your I'm question? Very, I'm very proud of the questions I asked, which means you should be very worried about them, but I'm going to ask them anyway. First of all, will the magic still be there, or will they come up snake eyes? Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Quick. Does Bill Carlson have another royal flush in him? No, he's got... Doubles. Is that what you get? Uh, sure. A pair. Is Paul Stastny a river uh, or a flop? <laughs> he is um, black when you bet on red. Okay. So the wrong one. That's the wrong one. Is the Vegas flu now just an illusion? Yes. Okay. That's what happens when Chris Angel steals your money. <laughs> he doesn't really have your money, but he, I, I mean, he does. I love so. the life you're putting into this. Is Mark Andre Fleury hit the jackpot last year with a 927 save percentage and a 224 goals against average? Can he find the cherries again? <laughs> I'm very, I'm very proud of these questions. Thank I've, you. Those are very good. Um, <laughs> As your answers betray. <laughs> I think he hits the, what are the bar, three bars. Ooh. Is that good? Yes. I mean, it's three of something. It's good, yes. Great. Yeah, he's going to do he's that gonna one. He's going to do fine. Okay. Uh, will Eric Carlson land on the strip? I didn't really have that one nailed down, but... Um, no, I think he ends up in a different arid area. <laughs> Coyotes? The Dallas. Dallas, oh. Dallas. Is that arid? I don't know. It's arid enough. I ain't going there. And then very <laughs> boringly, are they a playoff team? Of course. No, they're not. I think they probably still are, but I agree with you that there's only three playoff spots to be had in this division. I could, I could see the Ducks. Well, you already labeled yeah, the Ducks. I could see it. Edmonton not making it and them making it in yeah. place of Edmonton. I think that's it's Kings and Sharks at the top, Edmonton and Vegas fighting for that third spot. One of them could get a wild card, but I doubt it. And then four other teams that are all bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any more thoughts on the Pacific Division as our table creaks its, it's infinite demise? My least favorite division. Very so there good. you go. Very true. Any I others? Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it. Um, I don't know. Not really. No. You don't have to. That's fine. You can be adequate. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's the what end. What a dagger. That's the end of our coverage of the Pacific Division. Uh, it is 11 o'clock at night. I have to be up in three hours, which Did, did you do a line of like something before we came on? Yes, He I had did the so, energy for so both of us. So much cocaine. The polio is I really don't feel tired at all, so I'm probably just staying yeah. up at this point because there's no point in pretending. Um, I think I've got viral meningitis. I hope I have it, too. <laughs> I like to take 
your meningitis. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm headed to Traverse City this weekend. Uh, Twitter, obviously, lots of tweets. Instagram, which we're on now at Two Guys No Cup, both places, all spelled out in letters and words. Check us and out none on, of those uh, numbers. Friendster. <laughs> um, MySpace. MySpace. Got a great MySpace page. Pixel. Pixel. Uh, I, I, Pinterest, if Pinterest. you'd like to hit up our There's <laughs> um, another one. This time he's prolonging it, people. You can't blame Cooking me. Cooking Mama. We've got recipes. Yeah. Allrecipes.com, baby. <laughs> We're all over that. <laughs> the two guys, one cookbook. <laughs> I'm writing every recipe on that thing with one star. And every recipe on every page is chicken cordon blues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, for coverage. I'll write a lot of stuff at the Hockey Writers if you care to check that out. Um, and we will be back next week. Until then, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to say? Mm-mm. Any other puns you'd like to make? Mm-mm. You got nothing. I'm We're di- just gonna I'm end on a, on a dead note. Ah, okay. That's all we got. That's that's it, folks. I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. I'm sick.